the news that pro-life advocates have been longing to hear was leaked on Monday night. The draft decision from Justice Alito in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health was leaked to Politico. And it shows what could be the future of Roe v. Wade and what could be the future of um, abortion and the pro-life movement across the country. Welcome in to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. I'm Justin Hall. He is Mitch Prosser. What does this draft say? What's going to happen next in South Carolina? What is the response? What is the reaction? And I promise you it is as unhinged as you might think it would be and what you can be doing next in light of this draft decision. Now, again, we're going to get into all of that. There's there's a lot to get into, so we're going to try to do our best to surmise it in the best way for you, and so we can all be on the same sheet of music. This draft decision was leaked. That's number one. This draft decision was drafted on February 10th. That was the first draft here that's been released to Politico. So now we have a draft decision that has been uh, disseminated to the public in an unprecedented way. Who leaked it? We don't know. Uh, Chief Justice Robert Smith has said that they're going to go in and and and. and search this person out and, and figure out what happened here because it is an undermining of the judicial process, right? Um, this this was leaked, obviously, in an attempt to put undue pressure on the justices who had signed on to this uh, to change their opinion. It is amazing to me that this was leaked to Politico on Monday night at around 9, 9.15, and by 11, there were tons of people protesting outside of the Supreme Court. I find that fascinating. Yeah, Justin, I, I tell you, Chief Justice Roberts has said that he is going to uh, do a full investigation. This is not the first time that the Supreme Court of the United States has had a leak, um, but it is probably the most significant case that has had some sort sure. of leak with it. So what that looks like ultimately, uh, as we start wading through the morass that is all the details of this case the and and then the overturning of Roe or the perceived overturning of Roe by the leak of this first draft of the court's ruling or decision. I think what we have to, I mean, Bernie Sanders called on Monday night, he's, he's putting things, he's tweeting that the Senate needs to codify Roe. Right. Um, so I think ultimately, and we're hearing things from states, we heard on the tarmac, at the airport yesterday before President Biden got on his airplane, he was saying that the people, I think presumably he's talking about the states, really have no say in what... We can't leave this decision to the whims of the people. Yes, I think he's talking about the, the states there. Um, but ultimately what this does is reveals the even or or maybe even shows the deeper divide of the culture war that we are truly sure. in and if you don't believe that we're in a culture war just turn on the news just pay attention to what's happening uh, don't watch the news for long but there's a definite culture war and i think that that culture war is playing itself out not just nationally but in states across our nation yes. because california and massachusetts and maine and florida are different than each other and certainly different than the palmetto state here that we call home what's interesting is this this decision again i want to make sure we would understand should roe be overturned it doesn't criminalize abortion in the United States of America. What it does is it sends the issue back to the states. The very definition of federalism that I believe is the only way we survive as a republic is to have smaller federal government and bigger state government, and in that, states decide certain issues. Now, 
Justice Alito's draft decision that was leaked is 98 pages. I only have about 10 of those right here. We're not going to read the whole thing to you, but I have a couple of spots highlighted that I want to make sure we get to. Uh, Justice Alito writes, for the first 185 years after the adoption of the Constitution, each state was permitted to address this issue in accordance with the views of its citizens. Then in 1973, the court decided Roe v. Wade, even though the Constitution makes no mention of abortion. The court held that it confers a broad right to obtain one. It did not claim that American law or the common law had ever recognized such a right, and its survey of history ranged from the constitutionally irrelevant to the plainly incorrect. After cataloging a wealth of information having no bearing on the meaning of the Constitution, the opinion concluded with a numbered set of rules, much like those that might be found in a statute enacted by a legislature. What we had was trimesters set up mm-hmm. and, 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 and a system that read much like a piece of legislation, not like a court decision, because, again, you can't decide on something that's not in the Constitution. So also medical information has drastically changed since yep. January the 22nd of 1973. Right. And Justice Blackman's, Chief Justice Blackman's decision there, what he was not not the Chief Justice, but Justice Blackman and his mm-hmm. decision there, yep. what he did is he set up a right to privacy based on information that is antiquated. It's outdated. And great strides have been made in medical information to inform not just the law, but how the law is adjudicated. So Roe, as we know it, is outdated. And the great news is this decision by Supreme Court Justice Alito informs the court as well as the American people of just that very thing, that the 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 adjudication of the decision in 1973 is outdated, and it is time for the states, just as pre-1973, to do their job mm-hmm. and, and rule on this from a state-by-state state level. Correct. So that further evidences the culture war that we're seeing. Because just as was the case before 1973, California was different from Texas, and California was different from Massachusetts, and certainly different, once again, than South Carolina. So as we look at that culture war, I think it's extremely important for us to understand what this says and then what that means for South Carolinians in a presumably post-Row, after-Row world. Again, we go back, this is the Dobbs case. We were in Washington in December, yes. uh, on the ground, I was, yep. uh, when this case, the arguments were made at the court. I was there that day. I still think about that day. Hmm. The things I saw, the things I heard, the reactions from people. Uh, this this highlights here what we're seeing. Both sides in this argument, both the Mississippi Attorney General and the Solicitor General from the the Biden administration, both argued the same point. Based on this law in Mississippi, either you keep Roe or you throw it out. That's right. the only options here, and that set up a a real pivot point in American history. And here's the here's the the absolutely uh, power punch yeah. from Justice Alito in this opinion. Quote: Roe was also egregiously wrong and deeply damaging. For reasons already explained, Roe's constitutional analysis was far outside the bounds of any reasonable interpretation of the various constitutional provisions to which it vaguely pointed. Roe was on a collision course with the Constitution from the day it was decided. And Casey, 
perpetrate, perpetuated, pardon me, its errors, and the errors do not concern some arcane corner of the law of little importance, rather wielding nothing but raw judicial power. The court usurped the power to address a question of profound moral and social importance that the Constitution unequivocally leaves for the people. Casey described itself as calling both sides of the national controversy to resolve their debate, but in doing so, Casey necessarily declared a winning side. The court short-circuited the democratic process by closing it to the large number of Americans who dissented in any respect from Roe. Roe fanned into into life an issue that has inflamed our national politics in general and has obscured with its smoke the selection of justices to this court in particular ever since. Simply put, folks, as I grab more paper, Justice Alito was saying that Roe was on a collision course with the Constitution from the beginning. That it was that it was it was poorly adjudicated. Of course, it is the it, it might single handedly be the worst piece of jurisprudence ever handed down by the court, not because I disagree with it, but because it's just bad. Again, the claim is that the Fourteenth Amendment protects a woman's right to abortion. I I'm sorry, I just don't read abortion in the Constitution at all. And again, every justice since, as he alludes to, has been selected to the court based on how they would rule. Should Roe have come up while they're there, right. or should it come up again? I mean, if you remember, not so much the Kavanaugh hearings, because those took on a life of their own, but specifically from the uh, from Justice Amy Coney Barrett's, yes. Yes. that was the major point that every single senator knew how she would rule. And that's what uh, pushed her to the nomination. That's right. what pushed her... Uh, I, I, affirmation and and that's what pushed her selection now i will say this if this is true and i'm just going to leave this here before we get into how this affects south carolina should this court ruling come down as the draft decision says it is and and i haven't talked to mitch about this so i'll get his unfiltered reaction here (laughs) i would then make the argument that the 45th president of the united states might be the most consequential president in the history of our country I'm willing to have that argument with you at this point. Because of the three justices confirmed to the court under his presidency, thus leading to the overturning of Roe, should this decision be final? That's just something we need to think about and 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 how important elections are. I lead you to that point. That's what makes elections so important. So how does this affect South Carolina? I'll let him stew on what I just yeah, said for a little I'm bit. Yeah, I'm really grappling with that. I, I'll, I'll say this. I, to your point, I think – when it comes to the selection and the confirmation of those three justices, there's certainly an argument to be made that he is among the most yes. consequential of our presidents. We could have the argument. You know, uh, you know I, don't, I don't think I'd quite go putting a, a red hat on sure. Mount Rushmore yet. Sure, of course. But, of course. but, I mean, what the 45th president did is significant if just for those three justices alone. Yes. And I'll say this. You can tell that it's consequential when it causes friction. Yes. And on Monday night, I also saw publications and twi- tweets off the of the Twitterverse. Yeah, off of Twitter.com. Uh, that were condemning uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And How dare she die? Sh- she should have retired <laughs> long ago well, because Amy Coney Barrett, who, as you just said, was... The pivot point in all of this, mm-hmm. she would not be there if Ruth Bader Ginsburg had understood to get out of the way. Had which, retired when she when she was quote supposed to, 
once again, fully on display is the culture war and the cultural divide that, yes, we're even experiencing here in South Carolina. We are. So what happens next in South Carolina? Obviously, the heartbeat bill has been passed, Mm -hmm. signed into law. We're a year removed from that now. It is enjoined in the court. Now, we won't get into the legalese of what this means, but I would say the overturning of Roe certainly does clear a path to get that out of the court pretty quickly and get it into practice in the state of South Carolina, thus saving 98% of all abortions that take place in our state. That's where South Carolina would be immediate. Now, immediately before it gets enjoined, before it gets out of the court, there is a 15 week. So you're already seeing major protections in place anyway. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the six week point. Then where does it go from there? So I'm going to skip the reaction from the left really quick, Mitch, and jump down to, so that's what's going to happen next in South Carolina. The heartbeat Mm -hmm. bill will become the law of the land in the state of South Carolina based on this federalist system. So for folks who are watching and who are listening and who've been keeping up with this immediately, the thought is this is a major victory, and it is. It is the biggest victory in the pro-life movement to date. The pro-life movement has been building to this end now. What do people do next? Because there are going to be more legislative issues that are that are going to pop up, things that things that we're going to need to look at on the pro-life side. I will con- I will continue to say that legitimate and substantive reforms need to be made and and changes need to be made to the adoption and foster care system in no our state and and across the country. That's a pro-life it's, stance. It's a pro-life stance. Now, what can people do at home? I think it's important that you move. I think that it's important that you move in love. I think it's important that you move from a stance of okay, this is this is here. Now we go to this point. Now now we pivot, turn our attention this way. After this road decision, right. So let's let's draw a comparison. And you and I were not present on January the twenty first of nineteen seventy three. No. Um, my parents weren't even married, so only one of my parents was even born. Yeah, so um, I don't even I won't even talk about how old my parents were. Uh, that that would be unSouth Carolinian, unSouth Carolinian. Um, it, just bless their hearts. Um, but what January the twenty first of nineteen seventy three looked like is a huge, huge difference. There's a huge difference between then and now. Two-thirds, Justin, two-thirds of all abortions in South Carolina last year took place via chemical abortion. In other words, two different pills, and we could talk about that. We've talked about that at length in a different podcast. But what I will say is this. The availability of these pills, these chemical abortion pills, through the mail illegally, state to state, is a very real thing. And we have to crack down on that, not just state by state. I think there needs to be a federal crackdown on that. That that you know, whether it's the FDA, whether whoever that is, they need to crack down on the illegal commerce of these pills. And then state legislatures, we we need to be calling on state legislatures to to be informed on these issues and to make rulings based on a twenty first century approach to what it means to be pro life. Justin, I think ultimately the goal here is to see an end to all abortion. We yes. want to protect life yes. of the innocent and the preborn for all people in all circumstances because yes. we believe that life is cherished by God and 
and has intrinsic value. They are image bearers. Imago Dei, the image of God. How we get there, I think, is extremely important. So the the those pills, we have a uh, bill in the state house right now. It it passed. Uh, uh, where exactly that is, we're still working through um, the pill bill, which means that those that offer those two pills have to inform. Uh, the people that are taking them, the young ladies that are taking them, that there is an mm-hmm. option for an abortion reversal pill to be taken in between those two. So if she makes one bad decision, she can make a good decision to protect the life of that child. That's one thing. I think it's important for us to also understand what it would look like for states to be informed on other means to protect life in a pro, in a post or after row world. So, what does that look like here in South Carolina? There's a lot to be said. I think it's important for us to start breaking some of that down. Sure, there is. I, I think I think the big thing is you're going to watch certain factions within each movement take their own stance. You're going to see a mad rush to the Planned Parenthoods in our state. Right, the three that we have um, over the next couple months. And you're going to see legislation start to move not only the the, the um, abortion reversal pill. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen legislation be introduced uh, revolving around personhood and and, yep. and and issues there. Where does that go? Again, the pro-life movement has taken an incremental approach. And it's seemingly worked quite well. Yeah. Uh, incrementally, we've moved the ball down the field so much now to where we're going to see the most ridiculous uh, piece of jurisprudence tossed. Uh, in our lifetime. Um, the other thing is, I, I think it's important for folks to know not only Palmetto family at, at the forefront of the pro-life movement, but in South Carolina, certainly South Carolina Citizens for Life is a group yeah. that has been at the forefront of this uh, from the beginning. All of our One Message All partners. of our One Message partners. Yeah. Uh, bastions of pro-life yeah. in the state of South Carolina. Uh, there will also be a point raised that this doesn't do anything to help the infant mortality rate in South Carolina. I will tell you this, a simple search of the CDC numbers will show you that in the state of South Carolina, our infant mortality rate has declined over the past two years, uh, and that is in line as well with the state of Georgia. Both us and Georgia have seen our infant mortality rates decline over recent years. That is in light of more restrictions on abortion, which turns out is actually helping advance human life. Imagine that. Instead of ending it, we're helping advance it. So I'll leave it there. I think, folks, you just need to be aware of what's going on in the state house, you need to be aware of the of the different groups that are working mm-hmm. to to move the ball down the field. Uh, Lisa Van Riper and the folks at South Carolina Citizens for Life doing a great job of that, uh, as well as all of our other partners in one message. And 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 so that's what's happening in South Carolina. Now, real quick before we get out of here, I want to talk about what happened in response to this, because for every reaction there is an for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, I would argue that the reaction has not been equal. It has certainly been opposite. Representative Eric Swalwell, you know, Eric Swalwell, Fang Fang, he tweeted that next, I I can't with a straight face, he says that conservatives are now going to go after interracial marriage, to which Justice Clarence Thomas laughs because, well, he is. Yes, he's, yes. Um, Senator Warren was cornered in Washington. Well, not cornered. She was walking down the street, walking to a car. Not an electric car, though, a gas one. And she said that she's tired of these extremists 
mm. trying to push their agenda. You're right. You're right. If you say that life is important, you're an extremist. Just interesting. President Biden, um, who belongs to <laughs> one of the largest religious groups in the history of the world, said that there is no mainstream religion that holds a concrete view of when life begins. I, I mean, hold to your own teachings. Um, we've had calls to blow up the court. Yeah. Not not literally. Well, maybe Madonna said uh, something. Not literally, but figuratively. Let's blow it up. Pack the court. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming somebody has said something about if Katanji Brown Jackson was on the court, this wouldn't have happened. It'd be a split vote, and but she's replacing but, Justice. But she's Breyer. replacing Justice Breyer. But if we add her as a tenth, who knows? I'm sure that's come up. Then, Mitch, you mentioned this: Senator Bernie Sanders, independent but caucuses with the Democrats from Vermont, wants to codify Roe into law. Now, really quick civics lesson: in order to do that. The Democrat slim majority would have to get around the filibuster. In order to nuke the filibuster, you have to have 60 votes. There are 50 Democrats in the Senate. It's a 50-50 split. And I can promise you, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia is not going to nuke the filibuster in order to preserve abortion. I don't think that's going to happen. Nor should he. Nor should he. So they want to codify Roe into law. Again, Senator Schumer, the slim majority leader, soon-to-be minority leader, said that they're going to hold a vote. They're not even going to try to end the filibuster. They're just going to hold a straight vote. I think, and as, Thank you. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing because that'll, Thank that'll, you. that'll show and he prove is, out where people is, are. He is not a good majority leader well, at all. Anyway. I'll, I'll, leave that to not the, the, I'll leave that to his party to choose. Um, well, they well, like him. I I just think he's really bad. One thing, one other thing that I'll point out inside the state, Justin, is is we prepare and you know we talk about action items and things like that. One thing I think is extremely important to talk with people about: out of the fifty four hundred abortions that happened last year, if ninety eight and a half percent of those go away because the heartbeat law becomes the law of the land in South Carolina, heartbeat bill becomes the law of the land in South Carolina, it's important for us to understand that. You do the math. I, I'm not a. I'm not a mathematician. There you go. Um, a lot of babies will be born yes. into our state, and our foster, as you mentioned, our foster care and adoption system, um, which is already burdened, um, will become even more uh, burdened. And so the church, people of faith, are going to need to rise up. Uh, people of faith are going to need to encourage young women who wanted to choose abortion but now can't they need to encourage her to courageously surrender that child whether using daniel's law or other means provided because there are some alternatives there i think it's important for us to understand that there are means by which we can continue to be the hands and feet of jesus even after roe is overturned this is not the end no this is only the beginning of, as we've talked about, seeing that deep divide. And I'll tell you this, I think it's important for people, for men and women of faith, to rise to the occasion, to step up to the plate, and continue to be the salt and light of Jesus Christ, especially in this time that we're about to experience. Because if you want to know how divided our nation is, let me say, if you want to know how divided South Carolina is, when this ruling is actually read and it's not the first draft, it's the final, it is the decision, 
we will then even more vociferously, the, the left, the liberal left, will speak out against this. And we as men and women of courage, conviction, and faith have to rise to the occasion, speak truth, but tempered and measured in grace and love in a way that is winsome, in a way that is courageous, and in a way that convinces people of the arguments that we have. Why? Why life is precious and sacred. Yeah. And I'm and I'm in no position I I'm in no position to tell anyone um, what they can or can't do. I'm in no position to do that because I'm I'm not I'm not your God, right? Um, what I will say and I can't identify with any woman who has ever been through the the period of crisis and trauma that comes with getting to this decision and I don't claim to. But I can tell you this that I don't see where there's ever any necessity to to kill a child. And I'll just I'll no. just leave it there. There's just no. there just isn't one and and I'm I'm free to have the discussion and I'm sure there are people that will comment on this to to want to have that discussion. One final thing, this decision should it become final Mitch as as we talked about because it's not final, it's just a draft. Would send the issue back to the states, which is the very definition of what the constitution says, right? But if it's not enumerated in this constitution, power rests Tenth Amendment. in the states. That's the Tenth Amendment. That's being called the end of democracy. Well, it's good because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic. republic. Right. So Okay, so good. So well well the administrative nanny state and the Maybe they can stop calling it a democracy after that. I don't, I don't well, know. it's the end of it as we know it. The, the justices who have signed on to this have been compared to January 6th insurrectionists. Well, uh, the, the, the inflaming language will continue and understand it's going to be directed toward you. It's hard to believe well. that life existed pre-Roe. But the great news is we will live in a post or after-Roe yeah. world. And we encourage you to continue, continue to represent your faith and be the hands and feet of Jesus for this generation, the most pro-life generation, may I say, possibly after Roe versus Wade. Yeah, I, I think I think that's coming. I, I don't think I don't foresee anything that we know that several justices signed on to this. We know that this uh, this draft from Justice Alito was signed on to by uh, Justices Barrett, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Alito. So we know that. Where it goes from there, what's the final, we don't know. However, we, we can say this, that if you want to get more involved with what's going on inside the Palmetto State, certainly in regards to the pro-life movement, uh, no better time than now, I would argue. Uh, visit, our, visit our app. You can download the app, the Palmetto Family Council app. You can also visit our website, palmettofamily.org. There you can sign up for our newsletter. You can sign up to, to get involved, help us uh, push further uh, for conservative values in the state of South Carolina. And, of course, continue to watch and listen to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast here on Facebook, or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Quick, easy, set it on speed and a half if you have to, to get it through on your drive to or from work, or, as we like to say, while you're folding the laundry, which sometimes can be a very arduous task and things that can take a long time. So, for Mitch Prosser and everyone here at Palmetto Family, thank you so much for tuning in for this special edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. You guys have a great day.